All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters, and we are P.S. This is Awesome. We're a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 256. This is bonus episode 256 because this episode would not exist otherwise. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. YouTube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write our show at P.S. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, this is a video podcast. So if you want, you can watch us get vehemently excited or pissed off about God of War Ragnarok. Because that's what we're going to be talking about today. So go watch it on YouTube if you want. And for new and or longtime listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show at $1 a month. And it's called the one and only $1 Club. Please, please, please go to www.patreon.com. awesome, And you can get uh, a free die cut vinyl sticker sent to you in the mail. Like a normal human being like from the past where we used to do things like this. And this is the uh, sticker right here. And it's die cut, it's nice, it's hardy. You can put it on your fridge like our good friend Harold or whomever. And uh, yeah, so you can be a patron for $1. And we'll also give you a shout out on the show. So go to patreon.com slash PS is awesome. If you don't have any money, that's completely fine. But it's only a dollar a month. And sometimes you get episodes early. So there is that. And like I said earlier today, we're going to be finally getting to our God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast. We've done... Two other spoiler casts to date, surprisingly, that I can remember. But the most recent one probably was Horizon Forbidden West. And then prior to that, we did a Mass Effect Legendary Edition 1 spoiler cast. And if you're not familiar with the show, like I said, we typically do news, uh, all that stuff. Um, our reaction to the news, right? We're not breaking news, but we're, we're reacting to things, having thoughtful discussion about PlayStation. But this is a special episode. So if you've just now found us, be sure to subscribe. And uh, episode 257 will be well on its way on Monday. So thank you very much for joining. And uh, I wanted to say real quick, Jake, before we get into this, I have had... I feel like a little bit of an influx in friend requests on the PlayStation Network, but I I'm not a I'm not clairvoyant I'm not a mind reader and unless you tell me on your friend invite that you know me from the podcast if I don't know who you are it's getting rejected I'm just saying that right now so because there's a lot of spam out there so if you want to become friends on the PSN I'm open to that but let me know that you're a listener of the show when you when you ask and then uh, I'm all in. Jake, how are you doing today? You mean that you don't want to immediately uh, accept a friend request from French Titty 69 on PSN? Yeah. Who send you a, a personalized message that says how they want to, uh, I don't know, do nasty things to you? Or Long Dong 25. I don't, I want nothing to do with yeah. it. So, yeah. and, um, but if you're Long Dong 25 or French Titties 69, like Jake said, and you say, I'm a, I love your show. I love the podcast. Let's dance. 
Welcome. It's <laughs> nothing I would love more than having Long Dong 420 or whatever the fuck you said. 420. That's not what I said, but that's what I should have said. Unbelievable. Long Dong. Um, no, I'm 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 doing good. I this week's been. I have this week off. Where this is between Christmas and New Year's, so mm. I have this week off. Yeah. Some people have tried to get a hold of me for work. I've straight up put the fucking kibosh on that real quick because I've been looking for it. I don't get much time off for work. So mm. when I do finally get a chance to rest and recover, um, I basically like the uh, basically I was going nonstop all the way up until Christmas and then Christmas Eve we had – my in-laws over for dinner and I was feeling kind of meh that day. Then Christmas day, I, I felt kind of woozy all day, but we are doing, doing family stuff. So it's just go, go, go. And then Monday, we were supposed to record this on Monday. I woke up and I was like, fuck, I am sick. And, or like I felt sick. And so I told you, I was like, hey, can we kind of push this off? Like, I don't think I, you text me at like, I don't know, it was like eight in the morning or something. And I didn't even see it because I didn't get out of bed until 1030. Right. Because I was just so fucking exhausted. And then I got out of bed and I just felt like I was going to fall over. So I just took all day Monday to rest. Um, yesterday, I spent a little bit of time with my parents and uh, my brother and sister-in-law and my nephew because my parents are leaving town. And um, I think I was worried because Sarah was sick all last week, but this week I don't necessarily. I so I thought maybe I was getting sick, but I think a lot of it is just allergies and just the weather has been fucking awful here. So uh, I think that a lot of that is is kind of playing into it, and and I think it's just a lot just me needing rest. So, but that said, I have been playing a lot of video games which we can talk about on the regular podcast. But other than that, things are going, excuse me. Okay. How about you? Yeah, man. I'm, I've had a pretty busy week. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday and, um, it's, I'm in charge of the office this week where I work, which is fine. I don't mind that. It's just, it's a different set of parameters I have to work under. And then I haven't been getting great sleep. But last night I had the strangest sleep, and then we will listeners get straight to the God of Works, uh, God, God of the God of Work, which is what Jake should be dubbed. Um, but the God of War, spoiler cast. But I, I've been, you know, they say like you get your best sleep, like your REM sleep, when you're dreaming. They say like maybe not when you remember dreams, but like when you're in such a deep sleep that your brain can kind of like let go of those memories or those things that it doesn't need and you experience these things in your sleep, right? That's like really heavy sleep. Dude, have you ever like I I've never had a night like I had last night where I told myself, "Listen, I'm going to go to bed kind of early." So I went to bed at like 10, which is early for me. Uh usually I'm up to like 11:30, but I went to bed at 10. I fell asleep. I woke up at like 11.15. And I could have sworn it was going to be morning. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I've only been out for like an hour and 15 minutes. That's amazing because I feel great right now. 
Like that, I got the dose that I needed apparently to function like a normal human being. And I'm like, I'm just going to take advantage of it. Go right back to sleep. So I fell back asleep. I woke up at like quarter to one, and I was like, man, it's got to be morning. No, it was like twelve forty-five. And I'm like, usually when I stir and I wake up like that intermittently through the night, I'm getting the shittiest sleep ever. But this was like in another universe where every time I woke up, I felt even more recharged than I did the previous like little spell of sleep. I don't know what the fuck was happening. Like it happened like four or five times last night. I woke up and it was like 4.30 and I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like, holy shit, I can still sleep another two hours. This is amazing. Like I feel so well rested. Like I, I couldn't understand – it's probably a sign that I'm going to die or something, but for whatever reason, I felt fantastic today. Like, and I don't know why my body all of a sudden something switched where it's like, oh, here, you haven't been getting the right kind of sleep. Here you go. I don't know. Has that ever happened to you? Um, to me, the right kind of sleep is when I lay down and my eyes open and it's morning and I don't dream or anything. <laughs> That's the best type of sleep for me. I fucking – I don't want to dream. I don't want to roll around in bed. Mm. I just want to close my eyes and wake up and have it be morning and not feel like somebody is freaking trying to kill Dude, me. Dude, one of the dreams I had, I, I was hanging out. I woke up and again, it was like two, maybe 2.30 this time. But I woke up last night and I was like hanging out with Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins. And we were fucking hanging out at Walmart. And like Dave Grohl put like a, a mop, uh, like a mopping uh, bucket over his head. It, it was him, but like it definitely fucking looked like him. But I was like, yeah, it's definitely who it is. And like, yeah, you know how that works in dreams? I was like, dude, that, that's, that's definitely Taylor. Taylor had like a fatter face. And Dave was like super fucking skinny, like Gumby skinny. And I was just fucking hanging out with him at Walmart. And they were just pulling all kinds of fucking pranks at Walmart, like just doing weird ass shit. And I loved it. Um, yeah. So it was, it was an awesome dream and it was an awesome night of sleep. But that's not what we're here to talk about today, Mr. Peters. Now, we are going to talk about – we don't really have a good uh, – a good flow for this kind of thing. And for the for the listeners who are used to me like segmenting the YouTube channels into uh, different sections, we're going to go straight play by ear. I'm not breaking this thing up. This is a special bonus episode we're giving you guys. This is our second episode we've recorded this week. So you're just going to have to deal with it and just listen. Just listen to this podcast because it's going to be good. This episode is going to be good. So I kind of want to get into God of War Ragnarok. I'm not, I don't remember when the game was released. It was released recently. We're recording this at the tail end of 2022. I think it came out in November, if my memory serves correctly. And Sony Santa Monica came out at the beginning of November. Sony Santa Monica was the developer, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So it it takes it picks up right where God of War One left us, uh, kind of, kind of story wise. Yes, Um, we don't think a whole lot transpired between the two games, but. I think there's a bit of time gap. There is. I think it's we're not told what happened. Yeah. So they they pick up. I don't think anything of consequence happened sure. between the games. Right. If anything, they got that, closer. Like, yeah, like Fimble Winter comes and Atreus just gets a little older. Like that's basically the story between the two yeah. games. And it's it's the same voice actors, which I think is huge. And um, I guess before we get into story, I want to go over pretty much everything else about the game. 
because God of War relies so heavily on so many different things to be the game that it is, you know, the combat, the uh, uh, different, the mechanics, the, the different things, that the acting, the voice acting, uh, the just the way it's presented, all of these things. But like, ultimately, I do want to wind up with the story and talking about the characters and where we think it might go next, if it's going to go anywhere. Um, so my overall impressions is kind of where I want to start. And and I'll just give my initial overall impression of God of War Ragnarok after having finished the game. And uh, because we've both completed the game now and on the PS5. And, and I, I would have to say that this game to me, overall impression, it was a great game. Fucking good. Good, good game. Awesome. I wished it were a little shorter in length. I feel like they could have cut some time out of it. I, th- I think that it was exactly what it was. It was def. I think that it was the safest play they could have played with this game because they didn't seem to really expound upon or expand upon much of anything short of we get to play as Atreus, right? That was a little bit different, I believe. And, we, and uh, the companion part of it was interesting. I feel like they borrowed a lot off of what we're seeing a lot from Sony games right now, first-party Sony games, these third-person games. They, they did a lot of things that they knew would work, and I don't fault them for that. They didn't have a whole lot of time to get this game out, it seems like. They pushed this one out pretty quick after the original God of War, and to me, it clearly, while it was beautiful and it was responsive and it, and it was awesome, there were so many fucking hidden loading screens in this game that it kind of bothered me because I'm playing on a PS5 and I really wanted that. I just wanted it to be so snappy and just like, you know, where you're, you're transitioning through like a crevice or whatever. You're lifting a log and going underneath it or you're those things. I call them loading screens because that's, I think, secretly what they're doing in the backfield when you're, you got to watch that animation or whatever. I, they did what it was. It was, it's a great game. I, I don't have any, real problems with the game but I can be nitpicky and I, I think that's what we're going to probably do on this podcast and maybe just voice our general uh, uh, appreciation for the game as well at the same time so um, yeah so a little long as far as I'm concerned great game acting was on point didn't really trailblaze anything and was more of God of War 1 felt, felt like I'd expect it to feel and uh, that's really it. I don't know, Jake. Um. So, honestly, if I had to, it's been a while. I mean, it's been four years, so I don't know that they necessarily. It's not like they shat this game out. It's been four years since the last one came out. Well, considering the quality um, of it, I mean, geez. But uh, it's. I think so. I guess what I'll say is that based on my fading memory of the first game, I liked this one more than I liked the first game. And I th- I think that the pretty much everything about Ragnarok is better than the first one, which I guess you would kind of expect considering it's the kind of their second whack at it. Um but pretty much the only thing about this game that is worse than God of War 1 is the length of the game. It's too long. 
there's a lot of there are a lot of I don't know. I'll be generous and call them exposition moments in the game that do not need to be there. And they're just like, to me, they just feel like padding. And like you, as much as I love the game, and honestly, like, I really liked God of War Ragnarok. And like, when I played God of War 1, when I finished the first God of War, like the one from 2018, I was when I finished the story, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I was ready to not play this game anymore. But Ragnarok, I struggled picking, like putting it down and picking up something else. And what it boiled down to was just that I, I needed to move on to something else. I want, I wanted to play something else, but I, I only wanted to play something else a little bit more than I wanted to not keep playing Ragnarok. If it wasn't for the fact that the only thing I had left were like all of these freaking berserker headstones and shit that, that would take in like getting all of the ravens, which would have just been like a lot of fetch, you know, fetching, uh, quests and like item gathering type things to get the platinum, I probably would just go for the platinum because I really didn't. The combat is just so good in this game. It's even better than in the first game. And uh, I know that there's some, some, what do you want to say? Some, some kind of split feelings about the parts of the game where you're playing as Atreus, but uh, I actually really enjoyed playing as Atreus. I like that it's a different play style. Yeah. I understand that some people might not like the way that Atreus plays compared to the way that Kratos plays, but I enjoy that he like moves faster and his attacks are quicker, even though they do less damage and, you, and your abilities work a little bit different. But it is a little bit stunted because he doesn't have the skill set and the weapon set that Kratos does. But it is kind of... I don't know. I thought it was kind of neat. Did I want to play it? Do I want to play as fucking Atreus for a whole game? Probably not. Um, and we'll probably talk later about what the future might hold for this franchise. But uh, at least in this iteration of it, I wouldn't want to play as Atreus for a full game. But all in all, I would say that my initial impression of the game is just that the game is beautiful. It The combat is so good. In my opinion, the story is really good. Um, I might even like this. I think I like the story of this game much more than I like the story of the first game. I know that people really like the whole, you know, Kratos with baby Atreus fucking shit. But to me, I found Atreus in the first game to be incredibly annoying. And so I think that his character in the second game, while he does have, he does fall into some annoying teenager tropes with like the whole, you know, uh, thing where he's rebelling and stuff like that. I, I, you know, I think that it, it, it's kind of, I don't know if, if it was better for me, but I will say that, you know, that it's in t- terms of negatives, it's too long, like I said, and, like you said, the fucking PS4 shit that they shove into this game is so fucking bad. I cannot believe how many of these fucking things that they had in the game where you're like you're saying, like where you're squeezing through cracks or going under boulders or climbing up things or doing whatever where it's just loading in the background so the PS4 can handle it. 
and it's just it's egregious how many there are it's unbelievable yeah but other than that i I think that the game is fantastic i does it deserve a 94 on metacritic i don't know i i'd say it's at least a 90 a 94 seems kind of high but i would say that it's every bit of a 90 yeah in my opinion but i don't know that everyone agrees yeah just to piggyback a little bit more because I didn't touch on some of the stuff that you touched on for the overall impression. Yeah, I, I would agree that the combat was done really well. But I will say, and we'll get to this later, the fucking menu system is terrible. Like the yep. the menu's just fucking atrocious. I don't know who was in charge of that, but it's just – it's not elegant at all. And I, I think that comparatively to the one – I think it's a little bit of a Last of Us 1, Last of Us 2 situation for me. It's like they went – they went longer, bigger, uh, more in-depth story-wise, more character development. They did everything in one on a larger scale for two, and they did improve upon the combat. And some of the alternate weapons, like the spear and stuff, I love that shit. The spear was honestly my favorite weapon at the end, um, more than the Leviathan Axe. But I, I think that bigger's not always better, you know – I I really like the first one a lot. I feel like there's way more way more different enemy designs in the second one than the first one, if I remember correctly. I feel like there weren't a lot of different kinds of enemies in the first game. I, my memory could be serving me wrong, but I feel like they put a lot more time into the enemies in part two. Yeah, I think the first game was a lot of like the Draugr and like the um – uh, what do you want to call it? The the Like the trolls and stuff. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. But the story, I, I like the story as well. I thought the story was good. Comparing to the first one, I, I don't know. I, I like the idea of taking taking a loved one's ashes to the top of a mountaintop to scatter them. I, I think that's just so fucking simple and, and kind of beautiful in its own thing. Um, stopping Ragnarok, to me, because I'm an imbecile, was confusing. Like this story was confusing for me and all the different players. Like it, not – and it wasn't because I didn't get it. Like I fucking get it. But there were moments that I was just kind of confused about. You know what I mean? Um, it would just seem like no matter where you ended up as Kratos and Atreus, like whatever was part of that environment was just after you. And then it seemed like Odin's crew – weren't on your they weren't on your heels the whole time and they might have explained maybe in the books a little bit about the guardians or the travelers or whatever those are um but every once in a while you just encounter this fucking traveler dude who looked like a big big knight like a skeleton knight that you'd have to fight and there were a couple of them i, I don't know they, they, it was like it almost seemed like enemies for the sake of having enemies that didn't really serve the story but I don't know. I'm sure they have their own story, but it was just kind of confusing to me. Like, why am I fucking fighting these frog things? Or why am I fighting? You know what I mean? I don't know. I get, like, in Mario, you don't question why you're fucking fighting the cactus people, right? They're just fucking there. It's gameplay. It has to be a fucking game. I get it. But I just didn't feel as when I played as Kratos that Odin was really on my tail. I felt like he really gave Kratos and company all the freedom to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Like, it, it, you didn't feel like you were getting hunted down by him. And I think that would have made the game a little more exciting. Um, well, that's the whole point, right? I mean, is that, like, Odin is so... He's so full of himself. Sure. 
that like he has shit under control and like the twist at the end where he ends up being tear is like the whole kind of yeah. like he knows what you're doing the whole time. He doesn't have to chase after you. So right. like he's just like he just has to know what you're gonna do. And so it's I will I will like in in terms of the enemies, like I don't I think that's kind of a non issue because if you want to know about that stuff, you just read the fucking codex. I mean they're not were, gonna be there codex sit there and about have, the travelers and stuff? Because I'm sure I got there to was. A point where I was just like, I can't fucking read all this shit. I'm sorry, I just can't. I, well, I don't read any of it, but I mean, the, what I'm getting at is like, this, they're not gonna have, they're not gonna have the fucking narrator explain to you every single fucking enemy that you come across. In I the get game. that. I mean, that would I just be, that. that would just be kind of insane. I but just feel like it was I, lost a little bit on me. Is all the story? I love the story in general, and I love the twists and the turns and the fucking how it starts off with Fenrir and all that stuff. Fucking awesome. I do think that knowing a little bit about Norse mythology does help. Yeah. Like if you knew absolutely nothing about it, I could see how all of the players might might uh be a little bit confusing. Yeah. But I I to me it's like the only thing that kind of was a little bit kind of confusing for me, I guess, was the whole idea of like Ragnarok itself because it's like is Ragnarok a creature? Is it an event? Right, yeah. Is it because, like, to me, I always thought the Ragnarok was an event, right? It was the final battle, and that was kind of my impression of what everything was. But towards the end of the game, they start calling the big creature. Surter turned into the thing, Ragnarok, which is kind of interesting. I don't know. I mean, we're kind of getting into the story now. I don't know if you want to talk about that or if you would rather talk about the gameplay and suffer if you want to just talk about the story and then we'll talk about the gameplay and shit next so just just briefly i i just looked up the definition of ragnarok right and it just says in in here hold on because this is important because this is what the game's about it's all about fucking ragnarok <laughs> hence the title it says in norse mythology this is this is a courtesy of wikipedia in north norse mythology ragnarok is a series of events including a great battle foretelling the death of numerous great figures, including the gods Odin, Thor, Tyr, Freyr, Heimdall, and Loki, natural disasters, and submersion of the world in water. After these events, the world will rise again, cleansed and fertile. The surviving and returning gods will meet, and the world will be repopulated by two human survivors. Ragnarok is an important event in Norse mythology and has been the subject of scholarly discourse and theory in the history of Germanic studies. So, it's essentially the end of everything and the beginning of everything else, um, is how I interpret that. But it, it is it is really fucking curious because yeah, because in yeah, we'll get to. Get to the story later. Let's talk about. We'll get on to. We'll talk more about that later, folks. I promise. Um, we talked about our overall impressions. We know where Jake and I both generally sit on the game. We both liked it. He was a little more hot on the story than I was. Uh, that's pretty much the only difference. Um, I would say uh, we pretty much fall on the same page for most of it. Let's talk about gameplay impressions real quick. We touched on combat. We uh, didn't really touch on the mechanics of the gameplay. Climbing's not really a thing in the game. What well, is, but it's not. I mean, it just kind of takes care of itself. Um, and then uh, cutscenes in uh, you know display as far as far as the uh, different modes the game had. Um, 
Let's talk about combat real quick, Jake. The combat, like you said, is it's fucking fun. It's impeccable. Like it's it's so responsive, and they give you just enough as the game progresses to uh, keep it interesting, right? And they give you they throw just enough new shit at you that uh, it makes it so it's not so damn repetitive. And they give you just enough as like a leveling up thing, <coughs> and the different gems and all the stuff you put in your weapons. Um, the runes, sorry, I don't know what they call them, but it's been a minute since I played it. But the huge just enough that like everything always kind of feels fresh. And if you get bored of one weapon, you can switch to another one. If you get bored of that one, switch to another one. You can do special moves if you can remember them. I found myself pausing a lot and going back into that wep- – into the uh, – not the weapon wheel, but the uh, the skill tree to figure out how to do some of these combos and do these, some of these special moves because I, I noticed I was doing a lot of them on accident as I was button mashing. And I was like, it would be cool if I could just remember how to do that because that would be really convenient when I fought X or this or that or that, whatever. But I couldn't remember a lot of the movesets. A lot of it was the same. The same. Uh, it's like in Mortal Kombat. Down, slide toward, and a button will be Sub-Zero's like fucking ice ball. And then it will also be something else. I don't know. You know what I mean? For a different character. It's like if you just know the, the combinations – Depending on what weapon you had, it would do something slightly different. And then depending on what rune or, or whatever it is that you have equipped or slotted, your specials did something different. And I thought that was really cool and an inter- interesting way to do it. I mean we could have a situation uh, – we could have had a situation in this where like the gameplay was like fucking for spoken demo. And then it would have <laughs> the game would have sucked so bad. But I think the combat does a lot of the talking for this game, a lot of the walking for this game. Um, if, it, if the combat was – wasn't as good as what it is, I don't know that this game would have been received as well as it was. Jake? Mm-hmm. Uh, the combat is by far the best part of the game. I mean, as much as I like the story, there's this, the story is like, is good. It's like really good, but the combat is even better. I I love that they give you three different weapons. I love that it doesn't force you to use all three weapons if you don't want to, unless there are certain enemies that require a certain weapon type to break their, their armor or whatever. Um, right. But they don't like shove them in your face. Like it's not like constantly changing back and forth. They kind of give you the, 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 the rope to be able to just play with what web, like, like combat style you want. If you want to be a fucking master at God of War, you use all three weapon types, all three weapons during combat. Mm-hmm. Cause they all kind of, if you, if you unlock everything, all of the weapons kind of feed off of each other. So if you know you're proficient at switching back and forth between weapons, you can really lay a hurting on the bad guys. And I'm imagining if you're playing in it like the hardest difficulty, you probably need to be able to do that. Yeah. But for me, um, and this is one of the one of the ways where I knew that they they made improvements because I couldn't really remember the combat too much from the first game. But one of the ways that I that made me realize that they did actually make improvements to the combat in this game was that I actually really enjoyed playing with the Chaos Blades in this game. Yeah, you mentioned and I that. Fucking, I fucking hated them in the first game. <laughs> they, 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 to me, they just felt – they felt – I don't know. Like you could tell that they were meant to be like damage first weapons and stuff, but they, they felt very – like they didn't feel as heavy and as impactful as the Leviathan axe, which just feels like you're, you know, you're chopping wood. Mm-hmm. Basically, I don't know how to describe it, but it just feels so good. Yeah. And 
So like for the first – for the better part of – I don't know, maybe the first 10 hours of the game or so, I played with nothing but the Leviathan Axe and the shield and I used the shield that, that charges up as you block attacks and then you can you can discharge it <clears> to <throat> knock enemies back or whatever. Um and I really enjoyed that because I, I suck at parrying, so I didn't bother going with like the shield that does the parrying and all that stuff. Right. Uh, but the Leviathan axe was cool. Like I love the like how you throw the axe and you can call it back to you, and you have the different abilities to how you can charge it up. And like one of the coolest abilities is it's hard to do, but if you can land one of those like R two charge attacks where he like he like like pulls the axe back and like charges it up and then just chops it into the chest of an enemy and, and they just like get fucked by it. Yeah. yeah. And it like throws them back. Like it's so cool. Like some of the shit that you can do with that game. Um, and even like a lot of the combos and stuff were, they worked out pretty well. The, I think that the reason why I got so into the, the chaos blades i got really good at like charging up the immolation which is like where you charge up the blades and then you can press l1 and triangle i think and it like it like sets the blades on fire Mm. and then they do like they do like four times the amount of damage yeah so like if you and if you pay attention to the skill tree if you use certain abilities it like it like charges up the immolation so you basically use a few of these abilities or one of these chart one of these like uh runic attacks or whatever it like sends your immolation through the roof then you can use that thing to like set your blades on fire and then you're just wrecking shop you know and especially when you're in crowds and stuff how you can swing the chains around Mm -hmm. and all that super dope i think that the drop near spear was a fantastic addition to this game i love the whole concept of having like a ring that just produces infinite spears the story and then you can yeah dude i the story of that fucking spear in the game was my favorite part of the game. His drop near historically was just a ring that just duplicates infinitely. But you take it to the mermaid and she makes it into a, a, a ring that makes infinite spears, which is cool as fuck. Especially like if you wanted to have range on bad guys, especially like towards the end of the game when you're fighting some of those bosses and stuff – you can just kind of stay back and just throw spears and try to get them, you know, have them explode or whatever and knock them back. Or you can use the vacuum on it if you want, or you can steal, steal enemies, uh, runic. I don't know. We call them runics, but like elements or whatever. If they're like on fire, you can fucking charge them with fire and shit like that. But uh, I really did like drop near. I didn't use it a ton. I mean, I used it, during big battles because it was useful to keep distance whenever I felt like I was a little bit glassy, like I was getting killed a little bit too easy. But as far as like the everyday, you know, just attacking enemies up close and melee and shit, I didn't use it very much because it felt kind of weak to me. Um, It just was, you needed to do a lot with it. And to me, it was like, if you're going to get up, up close and personal, and you want to attack one enemy at a time, you're better off using the Leviathan Axe. And if you're up close and personal and you want to deal damage to a lot of enemies, you're better off using the Chaos Blades. But if you want to keep your distance and you want to do a lot of like like tactical damage and stuff like that, then then the Drop Near Spear is the way to go. I just would, because of the way the game played, I wanted to be in the fucking shit. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be, other than boss fights, I didn't want to be kind of hanging back, you know, chucking spears and stuff. Yeah. So now I know there is ways to like 
you know, get the get the shit charged up and be able to, you know, use it a little bit better in type. But that's really not like in my opinion, that wasn't the strength of the spear. The strength of the spear was its ranged abilities. I think um, one of the cool things they do yeah. in combat, not to interject, but was that every weapon had its special rune ability that you would charge up and then be able to use. And using yeah. one with the axe didn't negate your ability to use the charged up one with the spear. Didn't negate your ability to use the charged up one with the other fu- – the whatever the fuck the, – the, the blades. So like if you had – I mean you didn't have to be amazing and you had to know how to switch weapons. But if you knew that you could switch weapons and still have one of your special attacks on the spear ready or the special attack on the Leviathan axe ready, like if you hit your first one, you're fighting like a boss and you hit, you hit him. And you know it's going to be a while before that charge is up. Just switch your fucking weapon because that one's going to be ready to dance. It's going to be ready to charge, ready to go. I like that they didn't – using one didn't take away the ability to use the other one, right? Like it was nice. It was a nice option. It, there, was, there was a nice rhythm to doing that if you could get into it. Yeah, it is awesome that that you are able to just – you know, use the runic abilities from one weapon, then kind of move to the next one, use it for that one, then move to the next one, use it for that one. And then, and like, by the time you're done fucking around, like, they're kind of recharged for the first weapon. Mm-hmm. So, now I will say that one of the things that really fucking annoyed me about the combat in this game is there were some enemies that, in my opinion, it was fucking annoying that when I was using heavy attacks or runic, runic attacks, their they their attacks were not interrupted by them. Right. Like like there were these uh, there were these um, Einherjar and it, at the end that had that they could like teleport around and stuff, mm-hmm. and they would do this attack where they would like charge you and jump, and then they would jump at you and then swing their axe and then swing it at you a couple more times. But they were just like a plain Jane fucking bad guy that was just maybe a little bit different than the other ones. But I could be doing like a full on fucking runic attack and it, they're there. They would just completely not respond to it and they would just keep hitting me as I'm as I'm fucking doing this attack. Now they're taking damage, but it's not interrupting them at all. And to me, that's kind of fucking Doesn't stupid. stutter their attack, right? Like, yeah, you would think that if I'm Kratos and I'm doing this, like, insane fucking whirlwind axe attack and some puny little bad guy that's smaller than me jumps at me and I hit them with it as I'm spinning around, that they would get knocked back, not just, like, continue to keep swing. hitting me as I'm fucking rotating around them. Like, it, <laughs> to me, there was some shit like that that bothered me, but all in all, I would say that... It was honestly amazing. I I would I will say that I did not like if you wanna I don't know if you have any more um I think we've covered the combat and the mechanics. Things really. about combat. Yeah, I mean But like one of the things that annoyed me about the game is I did not like the way that the progression worked at all. The skill trees were fine. But like to me, they had those you know how you would like uh, if you like, you had tasks where if you used a certain ability from the skill tree so many times, it would like level up, right. and you could do like put like an adder on it or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't even know if where, I did like, that. It, 
it would like so let's say there there's like one of the combo abilities for the axe where it's like you press r1 three times and then r2 he would do like a like a finisher or whatever if you did that like and if you looked at that skill it would say you know zero of 15 times done or whatever and if you did all 15 it, that that skill would glow gold, and you could use some XP oh, on it yeah. to put like an adder on it to like add damage or add element or whatever. To me, it was like that seemed pretty. It they didn't do enough with it. Like they should have made it more impactful. Or maybe to me, it just seemed kind it. of like worthless. Yeah, like it didn't seem like it was really doing anything for me. And now maybe. It was, and I wasn't really paying attention. I don't know. But to me, generally, like the whole use of XP and resource management in this game was just, it, to me, it was atrocious. So it was like convoluted. Yeah. Like, what are all these items? Like, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. Why are, like, this is a simple, like, this is an action game with simple RPG mechanics. Why are there 9,000 different types of resources in Arm, this game? Different armor Doesn't sets. Doesn't make any million sense. million armor sets with up, each one is upgradable. Every, it's just like, what? Like, and I, I don't understand why XP is used for, like, fucking everything. Like, why am I using XP to update, updo, do the skill tree and upgrade the runic attacks each individually and fucking I'm upgrading my whatever the fuck the 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 relic is and I'm using it to upgrade this that or whatever like the the little adders on the skill tree it's like why why not just have the fucking xp go towards the skill tree and then just like your runic attacks they should just level up on their own like every other fucking RPG does it. Like as you use it, it gets stronger because it levels up. I shouldn't have to fucking spend XP on it. Or just don't make, make a fucking any action game that wants to be an RPG but doesn't know how to do it, right? The the impression that I got was just like – it's like fucking choose a lane and stay in it. Like are you a fucking action game or are you an RPG? Like you can't yeah. really be both. It's like they just wanted to like – like I said, they wanted to – it was like the same thing that happened with The Last of Us. It was like, okay, God of War 1, great, fine. God of War 2, let's make it bigger, better, faster, stronger, prettier. But like their their solution for making the skill trees more updated or different was just like let's just throw more fucking confusion into the mix for the players and I think they thought that they were making them more diverse, so you could tailor your Kratos or tailor your your, your player. But I think ultimately it, it fell flat. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think that it was they just tried to do too much with it. I, I'm okay, honestly, with all of the different weapon and armor types and the hilts and all that kind of crap. Oh, I mean, it's to just me, too that much. stuff is. The problem is not that it. To me, it, the problem is not that it's too much. The problem is that. In order for you to upgrade an armor set to level 9, which is the max level, it requires a lot of time and a lot of resources. And there's no way – like let's say at the end of the game, towards the end of the game, you unlock the dragon scale armor or whatever the fuck that stuff is. Seems pretty lit, but I've already got this other armor that's upgraded to level 8. Which is better now. Like do I want want to start from scratch fucking leveling up this new armor set? Or do I want to spend all of my resources just finishing off the armor set that I have? They don't give you a good way 
Like they don't, they don't, to me anyway, they don't make it worth your time to try different armor sets. It's like now I'm, I'm fucking locked in. Once I've spent all this fucking money and resources, like, uh, hack silver is not a readily available enough for me to be willing to just spend it on a random set of armor just to try it out. Yeah. So I don't want to have to do 10,000 fucking side quests to be able to support me trying new armor types out. Like it just, it doesn't, it's not worth my time. So what I'd rather do, like they, what they should have had is you should have the ability to like, let's say you, you max out an armor set, but it's like a, like it's like a one you get at the beginning of the game right. and you get towards the end and it's like, Oh, well here's this fucking S tier armor set. And you want to try that out, leveling it up or whatever. You should be able to take your old stuff deconstruct it or whatever get all those fucking resources back and then you can work on another armor set with like and try another armor set even if it costs you a little bit or something just so you're not back at square one with all of your resources because some of this shit is like like to me the dragon scale armor or whatever supposedly is one of the best armors in the game but you have to get these fucking dragon scales which are like really hard to get you have to fight dragons to get them and so you can only get them in certain areas and you have to do all this side shit. And it's like the game isn't compelling me enough to go do all this crap. It's for whatever reason, like you said, it's like it's got some heavy RPG mechanics in like a light RPG game world. Like there's nothing there's not enough depth to the side content for me to want to keep doing it in order to reward me with this extra armor stuff. So like I. I get what they're going with, but what I would have rather them do is dial back the RPG shit a little bit, maybe focus a little bit more on the uh, tightening up the the story and stuff, and just, yeah, you can have all the side content, give me all these side missions and stuff, whatever, that's fine. Those A lot of the story-based narrative side missions were good, but... Even those, like, what I would have rather them do is been like, okay, here's a side mission. I'm sorry. I'm going on. But here's a side mission where it's like I keep using this dragon armor because it's the only one I can think of right now. But let's say there's a side story arc like in The Witcher or something where it's like multiple missions and it takes you a few hours to beat it. But when you fucking beat it, you get a fully upgraded set of armor. Like you don't have to – you know what I mean? You, like if you're going hours out of your way and it's a really hard side quest or something, I shouldn't then get a piece of armor that now I have to do all of this extra shit to level it up so to make it useful during my current playthrough. Mm-hmm. Now maybe they're now maybe they've tuned this game for a new game mm-hmm. plus that isn't in the game yet. But I could see okay, now when I play New Game Plus, it'll be easy for me to upgrade all this stuff. New Game Plus doesn't but exist I'll- at the time of recording. But I'm not going to play that. I'll be completely honest with you. As of right now, I probably will not play this game again. No, if I either. do jump back in, it will be to do the to get the platinum stuff. I'm not yeah. going to replay the story probably. So here's what I have to say so, real quick about the armor. My personal preference would be is that the armor does nothing to your stats. My personal preference is that there are no fucking stats. I don't want fucking stats in this game. I just want Kratos to be Kratos. Give me special moves instead. If you want to give me different armor, that's cool. But just make me look cool. Like, I don't need to have... Like, you know, it's fun to switch. There was some armor in this game 
that I thought looked way cooler on Kratos for certain certain parts of the game. Like, you know, when you're in the winter area, or you're in the, you know, the desert or you're in the fucking jungle. Like there's certain armors that I just felt fit that vibe better. But I didn't want to wear them because it, I was going to lose all kinds of fucking stats. And it's like, can I just have, can't you just make these different armors to purchase and make them purely aesthetic? Like that would have been cool. So there's so many different armors things that I wanted to try to wear and just see how it looked on Kratos and kicking ass with him. And the, you know, now we have a photo mode. Like, but no, we're going to be stuck wearing it's the same fucking problem that we had with the division and all these different things. Division figured it out. It's an RPG. But what they did with that was that they were like, oh, it doesn't matter what you look like. You get to maintain the attributes of the fucking whatever you wanted. They do it with Cyberpunk that way now too. They have like these outfits that, you know. Anyways, long story short, I would have been equally my, – my opinion of the game would be no different if armor had zero effect on your character. I'll be honest. I think that would make the game worse because it, it would it would there there are some things about the armors that do drastically change the way that the character plays, maybe and the way that the combat sure. works. But wait, hold on, hold on. Well, you made me think, but of I but I do I do believe that you're right. They should have some sort of transmog system where you can make the armor look whatever the fuck you want it to look like. Like sure. you can Why just not? maybe unlock a skin or a you know I, I don't know what the what, what the hell they want to call it in Diablo three they call it trans transmogrification where you can just make any armor look like any other armor if you want mm-hmm. but the stats stay the same so I I'm I'm totally fine with that I think they should do that because I think that would be awesome maybe but I do I, I could I, but I think that it, it's more down to resource management and less down to the the custom ability right. of the armor. The wishes don't do dishes right so I can wish this all I want but maybe based on what you said I don't care if my fucking strength goes up or my defense goes down but maybe the armor sets what they do is empower some of your special abilities right Instead of just like the minutiae, because not once could I tell you what my HP was or not once could I tell you what my defense power was for Kratos. Not one fucking time did I even look. I didn't even care. I didn't even wear the armor based on the effects that they had on me because it was too fucking much. I didn't want it in the game. I didn't need it. Would have been fine without it. Yeah, I do. I do think it was a little thin. That part of it was a little bit thin. I wish there would have been a little bit more depth there or i wish that the the stats would have been more based on your character leveling up or something yeah, and less about what armor you had but i do <clears throat> i do agree with you a little bit there but there there was a lot of armor that had little buffs and stuff to your abilities like for example the armor the that cool i used the whole game stuff, yeah yeah like the armor that i used the whole game after like the maybe hour 10 or something was i don't remember what it was called but the whole shtick <laughs> of the armor was that when your health goes to zero if you have rage instead of dying it uses it takes rage away as health that's how you beat so, the game no, i'm just kidding so like <laughs> so like if you think about it when you're getting hit a lot and stuff your rage meter is going up so then, like, if you die, like, if you get a hit that would normally kill you, 
Instead, it just starts taking away the rage meter that was building up because you were getting hit. Right. Like so it, allo- it, like, it allowed me to kind of – now, like the stats on the armor weren't the best in the world, but it was kind of equally split between strength and defense. But I enjoyed that aspect of it. And so like – and there are other armors too that had interesting attributes with the way that they kind of interacted with your runic abilities and stuff like that. But to me, what was more egregious was like – I've I've also got these fucking amulets that um. like I've got nine thousand fucking slots for, and what do all these little things do? Oh, I've got three three little gem dudes, and they each give me like plus two health, plus two strength. Okay, well, out of what two hundred strength, so it doesn't really do anything, right? But if you've got, got like all three Alfheim fucking amulets. Get some synergy then, going. Then yeah. it unlocks like some little special thing or whatever. And it's, I get what they're going with there. But to me, it was like, it was, too it was like those, those little things like manually up, up, upgrading your runic abilities and stuff. Like all that shit was just unnecessary user input to the game. Yeah, that's right. Like I didn't, I shouldn't have needed to do any of that. Yeah. Like, it should have been like, okay, when I leveled up, the, your level was based on your gear, not on like your fucking XP. XP was just currency. Like it didn't actually it didn't actually improve your, your stats at all. Or all the fucking random things you picked up. They could sell at shops that were junk and then just trade it for tax silver. And it was just like, I don't know, man. Like I I love the game. We're being nitpicky because we can. This is our show. But let's move on. You wanna move on? Yeah, let's move on to how fucking – just briefly because we're talking about this stuff anyway. Like you said earlier, the menus in this game are fucking terrible and the map uh, is useless. It's fucking pointless. And I will say because this is, this is going to be the, the, the one section of the podcast. On that map. Further. This is going to be the one section of the podcast that's the fucking Ragnarok bash fest. But – so the <laughs> literally the worst things about the game are – the menus, the map, and dude, I cannot believe that this fucking fast travel shit is back. Oh yeah, I knew like, you were going to say something about that. What is up with this? It's a PS4 game. That's why walking around the Yggdrasil while Mimir fucking tells you a story. Like I don't give a shit about any of this. I want to walk through the door, and when it opens up, I'm on where I'm fucking going. Like even if it's a PS4 game. Just make a look like I, I honestly don't understand why developers are so afraid of loading screens now. It's like once we realize we don't need them anymore because of these gameplay tricks like fucking shimmying through walls and stuff. <laughs> like they're like, we don't want to put a loading screen anymore. I would much rather it walk through the door and it's just got this fucking screen that pops up that says loading and it's just like Kratos walking in a circle. I don't want to have to physically with my controller walk a character 10 feet down the Yggdrasil and then manually open another door. To me, that's so fucking annoying. You can just stand still on those parts. You don't have to fucking yeah, but walk. Even, but even if you stand still, the door still opens a ways away from you. You have to walk up to it, press a button to walk through it. Like just, just fucking go there automatically and open up. Like you can even have on the loading screen a little cinematic and have a mirror, you know, fucking talking your ear off or whatever and have it play, play like, you know, if it's on PS5 and it loads instantly, mm-hmm. you can have it say like, you know, press circle to continue or whatever. But like 
because they wanted this game to be a fucking one shot all the way through the goddamn 30 hours that it took or 30, 40. It took me almost 40 hours to beat this game. Like because it wanted it to be a one shot, they put all this shit in there that just makes the game more annoying. No one in would my have opinion. been a quality of improvement on two faces for this for this for this complaint of yours. You know what would have been awesome? Loading screen with a quick little fucking lesson in Norse mythology. Yeah, that would be cool. Like, oh, Heimdall. Uh, fucking colon. Heimdall was a blah, 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 blah. He was blah, 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 according to North mythology. And then, boom, you're in the game. And like, oh, cool. Now I know who that fucking character is supposed to at least represent. And fucking do the bibliography and say, like, Wikipedia. I don't care. That would have been so much better use of our time as gamers. Oh, speaking of exposition, I don't know if you watched it, but how fucking terrible was that recap? That they had in the main menu. Oh, it was really bad. Yeah, I, it, it, I, I, I had to go watch. You, I had to go watch. I had to go watch a YouTube video because it was all like projected on the stone face, so you couldn't even fucking mm. see what was going on. And then it was just like they just slammed through a, a twenty-hour game in like two minutes. And I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck I just watched. Literally, no there idea. There was no I, voiceover. I, I, they should have had a voiceover or something. Like, right? Was there a voiceover? I don't even remember. I don't remember. I just remember watching it and being like, this was this was inadequate. I have to go watch like uh, like a 10-minute recap on YouTube. The recap was like my, my dream with Dave Grohl. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I kind of remember this shit. Like I feel like that's trying to tell me. I'm just going to assume that I – yeah, play along here. But yeah, anyways, yeah, all of that, yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they did that. It's PS4. They want, I don't know. They could have handled it better. But you are right. That sounds like a whole other topic for another show is why game developers are afraid of loading screens. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But let's let's move forward because we got to keep the podcast rolling here, Jake. The uh, Any issues with – I mean you're going to be 60 FPS every, every second of the day. Um, mm-hmm. I tried to do uh, uh, fidelity mode just to see – couldn't fucking do it. And uh, makes no difference. Literally, it, well, we talked about this already on the main. Podcast. Jake can't see a difference. Again. But to me, to me, it literally looks no different. I've I tried a bunch of different landscapes, a bunch of different light and dark areas. Like I literally could not tell a difference between the high <coughs> fidelity mode. Okay, if you want to, I'm I'm being hyperbolic. Okay, I could maybe take tell like a slight teeny weeny bit of difference. But not enough for it to really make it worth the, you know, whatever the fucking shitty frame rate was that we had to deal with. Yeah. Did you did you happen to see? And and this is a little bit of a sidebar. Um, I'm gonna go to the very bottom here, Jake. I'm gonna paste two pictures. If it's gonna let me. Hold on. And then this is. Oh Jesus! Hold on. This is uh. So I. I checked it because the Witcher HD version just came out. Or the upgrade version just came out on uh, for PS5. And I actually was fucking with it because a lot of the examples – a lot of the examples they gave on the websites didn't really show you the difference between fidelity and 60 FPS. I went into photo mode on – you see – they show up on the file there. Do you see them? 
Mm-hmm. So the first one obviously is 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 sixty FPS, and then the second one. Look at the fucking shadow work there. Uh, and it was all flickering and moving in real time. It was really. I mean, that's just that's just ray tracing, right? I but, mean, but I, you I, don't get that the, on the, the resolution. Looks the same. Yeah, you don't get that on the sixty FPS. And I think a lot of these games, when you're playing sixty FPS, they're not giving you ray tracing. They're not giving it to you because this is The Witcher on sixty, the top image, and then the bottom image is on the thirty. So that's the fucking difference. Look at you can look at the walls, the wall by the bed there, the the way the light hits it differently. It, it it's just so much more moody than the thirty. But who wants to fucking play a game at thirty? And that goes the same for God of War, dude. I'm sure there are moments in this game, but thirty FPS with ray tracing looks fucking fantastic. I'm sure. But why can't we have the best of both worlds like they did with Ratchet, where they gave you sixty with ray tracing, but not like and just lower resolution. Lowered the yeah. resolution. That would have been fucking dope. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, even like these pictures that you're showing, I mean, yeah, the, the shadows look better, but there's no fucking way that I would ever play The Witcher at 30 frames if 60 frames is available. Yeah, because e- even like what you're showing here, because because like the shadows do look better, but it's just not as flat. It's just it's not going to look that much better. You know what I mean? When you're like fucking chopping up, you know, bad guys and stuff, it, it's not really going to affect you all that. You much. become anyway, I, nose blind to it, right? Yeah. So I don't know if you want to – we should probably kind of kick the horse in the butt here because we've been mm. ranting and raving. Let's get into some stuff about the game that – about the gameplay uh, other than the combat that we liked, I guess. I mean – okay. One more negative. The fucking puzzles. <laughs> For a game that we like so much, there are some issues. Ugh. But these these are these are relatively minor pieces of the game. But like, dude, the the fucking puzzles. I thought that they the puzzles were fine, but in nature, yeah. When you gave when you gave it to me nine thousand fucking times, okay, I'm done with this. Just dial it back. That, that's I think I think that's honestly the moral of the story here with God of War. Less is more. God of War Ragnarok is a ninety. Some of this shit, you just fucking dial it back. It's 10 out of 10, in my opinion. Dial back the length. Dial back the fucking progression system. Dial back the, the fucking shit. puzzle shit. The puzzle shit. 10 out of 10. 10 I'm, I'm not even kidding. 10 out of 10, in my opinion. <laughs> so, but anyway, you have some some notes on here about, like, the climbing and the cutscenes oh, cut and yeah, shit like that. Yeah, there's nothing. That was, and, that was from our old notes, but yeah, that's fine. If you oh, want to yeah. talk about any of that, you Yeah, can. no, we don't have to talk about any of this stuff. I mean, I will say that, like... The 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 stuff with Atreus and Freya was cool as the as your secondary characters. I do feel like they added a little bit to the combat that was kind of neat. You know, you, you had the ability where you can use them. You change their arrow types. I thought it was kind of weird that they're basically the same character when they're with you. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if that will change on the next game or whatever. Well, there's the also Anger Boda. She came with you for a little bit. Yeah, I the whole fucking anger boda thing to me I think was right. Kind of kind of one of those that was one of those parts of the game where I was like, "Oh, this whole 3 hours could have been fucking lopped off of the game completely." Yeah. Um but I uh, Is someone knocking on your door yeah, over Chelsea's, there? Chelsea's Chelsea's knocking on the door. Hold on one second. You can keep talking. The listeners will listen. Give me one second. Yeah. So 
basically the overall the gameplay is fantastic combat's amazing like we talked about the things that are kind of shitty about it is just the some of the little things we talked about and they don't really impact the game all that much they do impact the game maybe like in some certain moment to moment instances but generally i don't think that they really make that much of a difference when it comes to the actual gameplay itself but um the if you want to talk about just the certain things about the uh presentation i think there's almost nothing bad to say about the presentation of the game. Right. I mean, other than if you want to say that the HUD or the menus are part of the presentation, we, we kind of lopped them in under gameplay. But if you want to say that they're part of the presentation, they're, you know, the graphics part of it. Voice acting is bad. Yeah. But I would say that like graphics are great. Voice acting is amazing. The sounds are all the music's great. Good in the game. The music's good. Just the menus uh, fucking uh, sucked. Yeah, yeah. The the I would say you, that there's there's nothing really bad to say about the presentation of the game at all. Like I love how grand everything is. I I really like a lot of the 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 snow levels. I like that every single world that you go to it's super diverse. Every single world you go to is different. Like one's an ice world. One's a fucking like hellscape of fire and lava one's like a jungle one's like a um like a desert it's it's just really cool that there's a a huge (coughs) because my thought was that we were just going to be playing in the fucking winter the whole time yeah dude i'm so glad we weren't yeah so we weren't good and and mamir explains in the game like oh fimble winter it it affects every realm differently which is yeah, which is pretty pretty cool. I thought the enemies all looked awesome in here. I love the diversity in the enemy types. I loved the presentation of all of the the new Norse figures that you see, like the gods that you Thor. see in this one. Like like Thor, I thought was awesome. I thought Thor and uh, I thought Thor and Odin were a little bit. Um, strange at first because you're not really used to it but i love that they introduced that to you right at the beginning of the game they're like this isn't what you're expecting and these characters this is what they are especially odin like thor wasn't that big of a deal because you kind of know thor's in traditional norse mythology he's not fucking chris hemsworth he's not a he's not a gq model out there you know flexing his muscles and cracking perfect smile yeah yeah he's a he's a fucking huge drunk grizzled guy with a beard and a big ass fucking hammer just wrecking shop and so i thought that was pretty good odin was a little bit weird though because he was very like um i don't know i don't even know how to describe him he was like very fidgety and like uh like um i don't want to say soft-spoken but he was like he had that kind of like higher timber voice where he, he was just he wasn't he wasn't imposing like you would think Odin would be. I had he looked like a regular dude right. with an eye patch. So I've been replaying The Witcher a little bit, and I swore Richard Schiff is the guy's name. I thought for certain, for certain, like you get those little like uh, 
when you're loading, let's say you quit playing a, a The Witcher and then you load it back up, it shows like this, uh, this, it's almost like a motion comic, but it's not in full motion. It's slowly panning or zooming in. It looks like there's some motion. And then a narrator is reading like Geralt, you know, Geralt found out about the, the witches at the Crookback Bog. And I was like, that's Richard Schiff, man. That sounds just like fucking Odin. And I was like, I didn't realize that. And then I looked it up and it's not him. But it sounds identical. And it, that's all I can hear now playing The Witcher on those little uh, interludes is fucking Odin. That's all I picture is that fucking old man Odin. <laughs> it's so weird. Sorry. It's a bit of a digression, but it's still applicable to the situation that we're talking about. Yeah, the voice acting was awesome, dude. I, I fucking loved it. Atreus, I think, even did a really great job. Whoever plays Atreus. Yeah, much better than in the first game. Well, in the first game, he was like a fucking child. He didn't bother no, me in like the first a game. teenager. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was fine. He was fine. For a child actor, he did really well. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I thought Atreus was, was really good in this game. I, I did kind of find irritating some of those bits where you're by yourself and he's just like talking to himself they do that shit all the time in games now but like you could have just made that part of the game shorter and not had all this fucking shit in it yeah because it's it's like none of none of the dialogue he has with himself matters at all yeah so you could have just sorted some of that shit out i don't know dude i also feel like talking about that with the companions and stuff i also feel like there is a point i feel like they crossed the line a few times with assisting the player with what to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah, they they, they did. Just see that there over there, lad. Maybe you can throw your axe at it. <laughs> there must be something. There must be something going on with the the focus testing at Sony because they did the same shit in Horizon, where it's like literally you start a puzzle and less than thirty seconds later, your companion is like, "Try this." <laughs> Try this. You're stupid. Try this. Oh. Are, aren't you? A, you're a fucking idiot. Why haven't you tried this yet? And it's like, bro, give me like a second to figure it out. It, honestly, and maybe this is there. So if, if, if a listener found this out and wants to write in, go ahead. They should give you an option in the menus to turn that shit off. Mm. Like you should be able to literally turn off like NPC companion help or whatever. Because it clearly runs on a timer. You should be able to disable yeah. the timer just in general, right? That should be a feature. Or, or or better yet, make it so you can adjust it yourself. Oh, if, maybe instead of having it be fucking four and a half seconds, you can have it be five minutes. Mm-hmm. Or like if I've been struggling for ten minutes, maybe give me a hint. But, bro, you're like telling me what to do before I've even walked up to the puzzle. Yeah, it's like okay, I, I understand. I need to do something. Maybe Let me if work you freeze the water like you did in the last dungeon, we can stop this. Maybe wheel. the problem, and maybe just to go back to you know what <laughs> we were talking about earlier, maybe the problem is not that. Uh, maybe the problem is not that I can't figure out the puzzle, and the problem is that you have too many of these fucking puzzles in the game, or. Or maybe we haven't started to even try to figure out the puzzle and we're just trying to get a good fucking picture. Or we're trying to fucking like look at the environment you created. Or maybe we're trying to fucking like, you know, look for a secret or something in that area. And then the NPC's yeah. like, oh, maybe if you just uh, break out the fucking uh, chains of Olympus and, uh, you know, why don't, why don't we call Zeus real quick and ask him or Odin or whatever the fuck his name is. You know, Let, yeah. let's ask him how to get through his own dungeon. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, that was kind of annoying, but it is what it is, man. So 
Uh, we kind of talked a little bit about the story, um, but not really. So we need to brush through the main story points. You already touched on the one. Now let's start towards the beginning, the very beginning when Fenrir dies. Fucking wild. Um, it's kind of sad, right? And you just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I It was one of those things where I was like, oh, this is uh, – it is kind of interesting that you kill the dog right away. But but um it's you know, a smarter person probably would have been like, Oh, this is significant later on right. in the story. I kind and, of felt know, initially it was just a, a cheap shot at the gamer to get us invested right from the get go. Make <laughs> us feel something I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 just to kind of expose you to Atreus's giant powers that he doesn't know how he's using them. And you don't whatever. even know what, that it's really and, happening. Right. Yeah. And and I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting, but it like, fine. it was fine. What do you think I don't about? Know. I mean, their uh, their constant um, back and forth with Freya in the beginning of the game. I thought it was cool. I honestly like the thing that I found the most jarring was her just fucking one eighty over the course of one little mission. Yeah. So those, you know, it, yeah. It, like that to me was a little bit more bothersome. I can understand somebody being just having blind rage and not being able to. You killed her son, Boulder or Balder. But like to just be like, hey, we went on this one 15 minute jaunt together. Now we're best friends. It's like, okay. You know, you had a 30 hour game that you fucking came up with and you couldn't devote a little bit more time to, right. to, to, to winning over Freya. And at least 15 years between the time she sat and perseverated about this, obviously for like 15 years or something, because Atreus was just a kid in the first game when, when his dad kills Balder. So like, it's like, okay, now they're clearly on the run. They're trying to hide. They know that she's pissed at them. And then, like you said, yeah, you go out in the woods for 15 minutes and maybe help her brother on something. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe you guys aren't half bad. We got the same. Yeah, I mean, they – they, I don't know. It was fine. I mean, I, I get the, the whole mission with her, the whole bait of unlocking her from yeah. her prison or whatever. But <clears throat> I don't know. That it just fine. seems to me like there, there could have been a couple more – episodes after that where she was developing as a character a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, um, it was good though. Um, yeah, so... But I thought it was fine. What did you think about um, Atreus... Atre- Atreus? Atreus. What did you think about Atreus kind of like going against his father and, and going to visit Odin um, behind his dad's back? Like, were you like the whole time like, oh, you fucking idiot. Like, you're a fucking moron. Like, what... Clearly, you shouldn't be doing this. Or were you like, ah, because he truly believed that he was going to do something positive, right? He was going to somehow get the upper hand on Odin. Didn't didn't really believe that Odin was all bad. Had to see it for himself like a, like a teenager. You know, I'll believe it when I fucking see it. You know, I, I know more than my parent does. I'm going to fucking – and to be fair, he was definitely more open-minded than Kratos. But yeah, I don't know. What, did, did I it thought it was you? fine. I mean, I thought it was like, you know, it's just literally the manifestation of the um, of the teenage rebellion thing. Yeah. And he the whole time he's like, I'm I'm going to do this behind. Like, I'm, I don't trust Odin and all this. Stuff. And o- like, that's the thing is that like the whole time Heimdall's like he means to betray you. And Odin's like, no fucking shit. Of course he means to betray me. Like that right. whole sequence to me is pretty cool. Yeah. He's like, oh, Odin like brings him in, even though he knows that 
Atreus is going to try and stab him in the back. And so because he knows that Atreus, for whatever reason, is the only person that can help him get the mask to look into the fucking ass crack of destiny. It's because he knew the, the giant language is. or something, right? Wasn't that what it was? Like he knew how to fucking it's, it has, something. It's something. Something like Some that. Some weird loosely really it. hanging plot point that – Now, I, I will say I did – so as much as I thought that the game – a lot of those Atreus sequences could have been truncated. Like I didn't think we needed all those different missions right. to find the mask pieces and all that shit. I felt like that stuff kind of made the game a little too long. But I did like his little sequence with you know him befriending Throode and – them kind of helping Thor out together as he had his alcoholic episode. That was an awesome segment. The The bar fight was awesome. Yeah. The bar fight was really cool. And then even the ensuing mission afterwards. And then, honestly, the worst part about that whole sequence was just like Sif's whole part in it. Mm. How she was, who is uh, Thor's wife. Yeah. Who, like, at the end of that mission, Thor's, like, coming around to you. And then... Sif is just like says a couple of words to him, and then all of a sudden Thor just tries to kill Atreus. Yeah, he's like, "Oh fuck you!" And then, uh, and then the next time you see shit, Sif, she's like, "No, nah, we're on your side now," which is at the Battle of Ragnarok at the end. And I'm just like, "This is kind of like there's a lot of flip flop. There's a lot of like a little flip, like a little 180 here that I didn't really necessarily appreciate. There was also like that other mission, which I thought the side mission was cool." But that whole part on like the floating, like the flying boat where that oh, just yeah. random ass dude was just like, I'm going to be a hero and just jumps off the boat right. and attacks and some fucking lighting. dragons. Yeah. And then like – but this, the whole side mission was really cool about how he was one of like the travelers or whatever and he turned his back because Odin was, was corrupting them. And so he was like, this isn't the way and mm. he turned his back and became a good guy and all. And, like I thought that was all really cool. Um, but I – yeah, I, I think that the story overall is pretty fucking cool. I like saving I tier. liked the de- I thought the whole tear twist was really awesome. Not even I, a twist. Like was, before you knew it was twi- a twist. Like him being nonviolent, now being the god of war in that in their world that just gave up the sword and shield, right? See, that's the thing is like tear was so fucking annoying throughout like like yeah. the most of the game, and then you realize why, and you're like, oh. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. The same thing with like I, I was I was listening to another podcast where they're talking about how many like hints and Easter eggs there are in the game to the fact that Tyr is Odin mm. that you just don't even notice when you're yeah. playing. Did you hear like the fact? Sorry, go ahead. I was like, like, like when you I don't know if like I didn't notice that when you rescue Tyr, there are ravens in his cage with him. Oh, I didn't notice that. Either. And then like, and then there's an there's another part where. Um, if you pay attention, a lot of times when Tyr is walking around Sindri's house, when he turns a certain way, he bumps into stuff because Odin only has one eye. Oh, that's interesting. So he wouldn't be able to see certain things. And he's always like doing that. And they like, I don't want to say they fucking, uh, they telegraphed it to you, but the hints are all there to tell you that this is a thing. And I think that they just, that's one of the things about the story that was just masterfully played in my opinion. Yeah. Um, what did you think of, about the whole, like, Brock and Sindri thing? Well, here, hold, like hold about- on. Let's go back to Tyr real quick. Did you okay, know sure, that yep. in the post-game that if you go back to where Tyr was, that area, you can actually still find him and he's actually still ca- – in, in cap- he's captured. 
Like you can go find him. Like the real tier is there. Is he still alive yeah. or is he dead? No, I think he's still there and he's alive or something. I, I, I read about this. And uh, I, I I heard about it too, but I never I didn't look into I it. I believe he's alive. So I didn't know if he was alive or not. Yeah, because in in mythology he's dead. Odin kills him. I think so. He's like alive. I, I so want to look it up. Know. But go have Brock and Sindri. So the whole Brock and Sindri thing I thought was awesome. It was an awesome subplot to the whole thing where it was like about how. Brock, Brock died once and Sindri was only able to bring back like four of the five parts of his soul or whatever. So even though Brock was still alive, the part of his soul that would uh, that would grant him an everlasting afterlife is missing. Mm. So once Brock dies again, he's gone forever. Mm. And then this whole – what brought this up is that there was this whole um, thing when Tyr – Whenever Odin uh, exposes himself as Tyr, he kills Brock and Brock dies and he's dead. He's gone. He can't live. There's no afterlife for him. And the whole point of that is that if Sindri had left Brock dead, he would have had an afterlife. But because Sindri brought him back and lost this piece of his soul – now Brock is gone forever. And then there's this whole there's this whole like thing at the end of the game where Sindri just fucking hates you. Right. You meaning Kratos and Atreus. And you could tell how much of it is just him hating himself for the things that he did with his brother. And it's just it's really cool. And there's this whole mission where you get dropped near where the lady of the lake or whatever doesn't fucking see Brock there because, because she only sees souls. Yeah. Which is really interesting. He doesn't have a soul. Um, yeah, I thought the whole Brock and Sindri storyline was fucking awesome. I love sad. that it doesn't. I love that it doesn't necessarily get resolved at the end too. That's kind of neat. How Sindri's just like still pissed off. Fuck it, I'm out, and he's just pissed off at you guys. And that's kind of interesting. And for a while, like, he, like that, he was helping Atreus behind Kratos' back. And that's like that is even at least the face value of why he's so upset mm-hmm. is that he's like, oh, I let let you guys into my home. You take, 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 take. Now my fucking brother's dead. It's all your fault. Fuck you. Right. And I love that scene at the end where Atreus is going to keep Odin's soul in that orb. And then Sindri just fucking grabs it and smashes it with Brock's hammer. At the very end. And he's just like, fuck you. And it's just like, oh, that is that is wild. Because it seemed like magic, Atreus – because it seemed like Atreus was going to hang on to it mm-hmm. and just like – which is cool because with giant magic, he could place Odin's soul in another body. Mm-hmm. That was the whole thing that happened with Fenrir, which was – that whole sequence was dope too. And with the giant and the snake, like now yeah. you just have like a – now you just have like a giant pet dog. Fucking Like that's, that's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean like I said, the, literally the only problems I had with the story was I thought a lot of the exposition quests where you're just like fetching mask, mask pieces and stuff – were kind of pointless. They could have had like one sequence where you just find the mask and or find the rest of the mask and then, you know, not have to there's probably like 5 hours there mm. of Atreus only content even including some of the the Kratos stuff where it's like you could have trimmed this off. Yeah. But otherwise, I thought that the story was just – I thought it was really good. I like it how good. it ended. I like the little postscript you have with with Brock's funeral, the Viking funeral, 
And I'm mad it was postscript. I, I'm I'm mad about that. You should have baked that in before the credits roll. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they made you play that part of it because it was such well, it was such an important credits. part of the game, right? Brock Dime was such a big part, and then they don't give him a proper fucking send off until after the game. And it's all over. Like, and it's not like you just walk over there too. It's like you've got to like it's a fucking hike too. Yeah, right. You got to get on this boat and like go blah blah blah. blah. And it's like okay, now like forty five minutes later, I got to fucking Cindy or Brock's funeral, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, well, you could have just did that right after Atreus leaves or whatever. Right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I I, I don't know. I, I feel like the whole thing with Kratos at the end. And the hidden uh, prophecy about him becoming like the god of peace or whatever, like, is pretty. If that's interesting. what you want to call it, right? Just, just being adored. Because there's a part in the in the game where somebody says something to Kratos about. I think Heimdall might be ripping on him, or, or fucking Odin, or somebody saying some shit like, "Oh, you'll never know what it's like to be to be praised by the people or be you know be adored by the people because all you know is destruction right freya may have said it to him i don't know i don't know who says it to him but somebody says something it was odin it was odin because odin finds him and they're like he's like talking to him i don't remember i think it's you know when you're on in i don't know i don't remember where trying to talk him off the ledge right from from not trying to stop odin like listen you're just gonna wreak tons of problems if, if you go through this plan you know your people you don't even know what it's like to be a real god like nobody loves you and then at the end yeah. he gets to see that and like it brought a tear to his eye i think it did he was getting emotional and he was leaving i thought that was a really nice touch i want to ask you real quick about heimdall that battle that fight scene with heimdall did you beat him the first time you fought him uh yeah yeah me too it felt so fucking good i wonder if they made him a little bit easier on purpose so you, so you didn't have to fucking put up with him killing you he was definitely easier than some of the other bosses um, I think, I think part of that is because personally, I think that in terms of boss fights, drop near is a little bit of a hack because sure. you can just literally stand back and fucking spam them with shit and you have plenty of room to dodge mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's not really a big deal. Um, and they probably wanted to make drop near seem awesome. And, and it is. So there's nothing really wrong with that. It's just, but yeah, I agree with you. He was, a, I don't want to say he was easy, but he was definitely easier than some of the other bosses. What an unlikable was. character! I was so thrilled to fucking kill him. Like, yeah, and they make He's they make you want to do that because they build it up. Like, don't don't be a god killer. Don't don't go back to what you were, Kratos. But like, even you as the player, like I'm fucking killing this one. Like he's going down, <laughs> and he like he like is fucking about to turn it on again and then Mimir has to talk him off the ledge yeah. a little bit to be like bro that's not you anymore and Kratos is like fine alright I'm not gonna I'm done choking this guy out I'm gonna mm-hmm. move on with my life even though I killed him and, I'm not gonna do it to anyone else again <laughs> yeah it, and so it's uh, but yeah it's it's awesome that, that whole fight is really cool and Honestly, there were some non-boss fights that I thought were even harder than that. Like the one where you have to fight the two like uh, alligator things. Yeah, those things are really at the same time. tough. That was really tough. Like there's some shit like that that I was just like I thought was way harder than that fight. But yeah. all in all, I mean, I thought that the story was just fantastic. So where's it going, man? Where are they taking this game? Are they doing um, the third? They're- no, they're not going to. Do- they they've already said that this is the end of the Norse mythology. I would say that the next game is either going to be 
Kratos as an old fucking guy, like (laughs) maybe it's like him meeting back up with Atreus after Atreus's journey to save the giants, uh, which is the end of the game. Or it could be that the next game you play is fucking Atreus right. as an adult, yes. which would be kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I like Atreus, but I, I think that will be depend on the feedback they get based on the people's interactions with playing the parts of Atreus. But I love, I fucking love the idea of old, older Atreus, like fucking 35, 40-year-old Atreus, right? Grown man with fucking the mirror still on his belt. And Kratos' head hanging from his belt, both fucking talking the whole fucking game. That would be so fucking funny to me. I don't know. It, I don't think that would work for Kratos because Kratos is a man of few words, and the whole point mm. of Amir's character is that he talks a lot. So there'd be a lot of comedy there. But I could see there being like a very they could bring it back to like God of War twenty eighteen, where Atreus comes back for like Kratos's funeral for some reason. Sure. Like maybe Kratos dies and now Atreus is the new god of war or whatever. Like it's because they're like the giants are being attacked or maybe it's going to maybe, – maybe we're going to a new realm. We're going to fucking uh, – we were already in Greece. Maybe we're going – like I, I've, I've heard people talk about how cool it would be to do like Native Americans or like Egyptian gods mm-hmm. or – you know, like Chinese gods or something like that would be kind of interesting. Um, I don't know, man. It could it could literally go to any other mythology, and it would be awesome. Or jump. It could even jump between mythologies, which would be even more interesting. Uh, and maybe not stay within one realm because I think the whole like canon in God of War is that Kratos kind of destroyed all of the Greek gods, so, like, it doesn't really exist anymore. How cool would it be? So, like, Greece is off the table, but everything else could be there. How cool would it be now that we've established who Kratos is and who he's come into his own legacy now, right? He's not just the god of war. He found peace. He's he's wiser. He's older. He uh, maybe has some active listening skills. You know what I mean? He's learned these things. um, That you know, he does pass, and then we get Atreus. But Atreus is younger. You know, maybe maybe what, you know, like I said, like 35, 40 years old appearance-wise. He's going to be a fucking god, so he's going to be, you know. But he's not like on – he's not in a fucking walker or something. You know what I mean? He's he's definitely agile. But I'm imagining like a game – now, this is so far out of nowhere because I, I haven't even thought about this till just this moment. But imagine a game – like you're saying, in between these mythologies, right? Where, where, you know, maybe you find out, despite all of everything that happened, Ragnarok was still inevitable. It still was going to fucking happen. The world was cleaned off, and Atreus is like the last, the last god, and he's among tons of just regular fucking humans doing a lot of bad fucking things, and he feels like some sort of weight or responsibility. To like do what's right, and and people don't realize that he's a fucking god, but he is. How fucking rad of a game would that be? And like, I can see him like walking around in like a fucking desert with like a fucking like uh, schmog around his neck, or like some sort of fucking like. It could be modern, it could be dated, it could be whatever. But you could find himself in situations where he's just a fucking god, and and he's the only one that fucking lived somehow. 
and he's alone. It would be it would be kind of neat. I don't know if they would do this for God of War, but it would be kind of neat to imagine, like, because Atreus has uh, his thing is like a bow and arrow and stuff. Yeah, but like. Imagine a god of war that's like thousands of years in the future and it takes place in modern times yeah. and he's fucking lugging a rifle around or and something. And you're the only real like god from that day that somehow got through Ragnarok and you're just – you can't die of old age and you just exist. You yeah. have no other gods to communicate with, no one to fucking be your boss like Odin, no one that's more powerful than you and you just try to there- blend in. There would be an interesting storyline there. For I mean, sure. I, I have to imagine that it's going to be because they they love that melee combat so much. I have to imagine it's still going to be something feudal, whether it's in like the you know, I don't know. It could it could even be like the Dark Ages or something. Where oh, dude, you, could you imagine? imagine God of War? Imagine God of War, but it's like Christianity. So there's one God. Yeah. Like, how interesting would that be? Where he like drops into that world, and it's fucking knights and shields <laughs> and armor and horses and shit like that. Fucking but rad. then like, but he's like a great archer, right? <laughs> imagine <laughs> killing. Imagine killing like the God, oh or God. like something. Like, how fucked would that? Like, that game would never get made, probably because no. it would be. But too, maybe not even that. But just in a world but, where people believe in in one God, right? Well, they, they don't believe in, in the Norse mythology anymore. It's not a thing. It's a thing of the past. It's something that maybe they're educated about or maybe they consider just fairy tale. And he's just dropped into this world and he's real. Just trying him yeah. to come to terms with like the fact that no one believes that, you know, the fucking uh, barriers and hurdles that his father bore on his back weren't real. Like, like yeah. not, nothing of his past even fucking matters to this group of people. Like, no one even fucking appreciates what they went through to try to save everybody. How frustrating would that be? But they're all gone, but he's the only one left. He almost probably feels like he has to be some sort of, like, fucking, I, I don't even know, evangelist for their kind. But, like, you're caught in medieval. But, like, like you said, like, it's still very visceral. Like, the fighting and combat would be very, like, sword-driven and, and bows and archery and fucking flames and, like, fucking... It would be tough warfare, but you find yourself in a situation and uh, there's no explanation for why you can't die and people can't kill you and you keep coming back. And like it would be fucking rad as shit. I don't know. I don't know where the story is in there, but there's some fucking food for thought. I would say probably the safest bet would be them rebooting like the first God of War game. Like yeah. back in ancient Greece. Yeah, they'll like, probably do that for real. Like, re- like remaking Kratos – the original Kratos as like a more fleshed out character, like in 2018, making that game mean a little bit more. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's probably the safest bet, but I do think that some of these other things like transporting Atreus or even Kratos into some of these areas where he just wouldn't necessarily fit, you know, like they already did it with Norse mythology, but it, like you said, imagine dropping him into uh, like gothic Europe or something like that. Like yeah. that would be so fucking cool. And what would the what would the main story arc be? I don't know, but it would just be interesting for for like for him to struggle with living in a world full of people that don't believe that he exists or that his his progenitors existed. Like dude, that's, dude, that's pretty interesting, dude. Think about this. Now, this is completely blasphemy. I apologize to any of the Christian religious people listening to the show. But what if, what if fucking he he gets thrown into fucking the time of Jesus? He's still fucking Atreus, right? 
but he recognizes that the like someone else maybe maybe another god survived Ragnarok and it's fucking Odin and he has long hair and a beard and he's pretending to be Jesus so everyone will worship him. <laughs> That'd be fucking That'd be insane. I was thinking, I was thinking when you started that when I was when you started that I was thinking something more along the lines of well uh there was a book That's fucking insane dude they would never make there was that. a book called what the what the fuck so was it called it was called um it was the book was called Lamb. Have you ever heard this book? No, heard of this book? No. Uh, so, Lamb is it's a book, but it's like it's the story of Jesus's broy best friend. <laughs> and okay. so, like it's it's like Jesus's it's it's obviously it's fiction, right? But it's right. It's That's like Jesus grows up his whole life, and because. In the Bible, people don't really know what happens to Jesus between the time he's a baby and the time he's like fucking thirty years I'm old. Sure, like a black I'm sure there, scholars right? and studiers probably have information. Something, yes. Yeah. But like the whole the whole idea behind this story is that Jesus, when he was a little kid, be, gained this best friend, and this guy followed him through his whole life. And by the end became one of the apostles. He was like the thirteenth apostle or whatever the fuck. And all this stuff, but he was just never recorded in the Bible. And so imagine if, like, from a different perspective, Atreus recognizes Jesus as a god, oh. but needs but needs to protect him because he knows that there are god killers out there. And so he inserts himself as one of the apostles. And like like there could be some whack ass stories that would be last so supper. awesome. And Atreus does one of these. You and me, we're the same, man. Some <laughs> <laughs> a little nudge. Hey, buddy, you know, I'm a god too. But they could they could make a great story. But like, imagine you know, Atreus fends off all of the the bad guys that are coming after you know JC, and then the one that slips through his fingers is fucking Judas, and he ends up dying anyway. Like they could totally make they would like, never a story do it's around so, it. It's so controversial. It's, it's too touchy, especially in America. It's too touchy. It would never happen. Worldwide, but I think but, someone needs to maybe run with that for like a novel or a fiction. Anytime you, you take a true religion and you turn it into something fiction, people get really offended. Like there's nothing there, – like in my opinion, it, there's nothing to be – like we're not saying that your religion is invalid, only that this would be an, an interesting twist for a fictional narrative. It really would be. Losing those yeah. characters. Yeah. So – um, As we lose I don't every know, I, subscriber to the podcast. I, yeah. <laughs> because we only have devout Christian subscribers who listen to us probably blaspheme every single day. Um, so I don't honestly think we really need to go through the list of characters. Like no. talking through the story, I think that we kind of went over basically everything on My here. My favorite character so, is always Mimir. I fucking love him. Mimir is great. I actually really liked Brock and Sindri in this game. I thought that their dynamic was cool. I loved – Brock, like the last thing he says before he gets fucking shivved is something about like, um, like kiss my big blue butt cheek or something like yeah, that. Right. And it's so, it's so fucking funny. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that the characters are awesome. I love Kratos's transformation. I, I actually really like Throod's character a lot. I thought she was kind of a cool addition. Yeah. I did, um, you, you kind of winced when I said Anger Boda. You didn't like that whole interstitial with Anger Boda. I liked Anger Boda's character. I did not like that whole fucking sequence in Jotunheim. I thought it was fucking. It was very long. It was unnecessarily long. Yeah. 
like like Anger Boda could have just showed up at one point and like they could have had a little thing where she could have taught him all this. It could stuff have been handled not, in the cutscene, and it could have yeah, and it, and it didn't have to be like three hours of picking fruit and fucking you know feeding yaks and whatever the hell we were doing. It could have been a time-lapse time. cutscene of like, okay, you're showing the time is passing. Here's a cutscene of them befriending. Here's a cutscene of them just giggling, hanging out. Here's a cutscene of them the thing. Like, they, they, But that was the thing. They wanted it to be a one-shot for the whole game, so they didn't do cutscenes. Yeah, which is, it was all yeah, one-shots, which is fine. I will admit, the one saving grace to that whole sequence was the fight with the grandma, the giant grandma, that was, was cool. Caught. Yeah, that was very. That was cool. That was very. But other good. than that, I thought. Other than that, I thought that whole sequence was a little bit overdone. But I did. I liked anger. So I, I guess I should clarify. I liked anger. Boda did not like the whole sequence on Jotunheim. Other than the part where you're running with the dogs, I thought was kind of neat. But <clears throat> other than that, and, and the boss fight, but the grandma like the rest of it was, was just cool. kind of. You're right with the with her yeah. being a giant. That was cool. That was really neat. It had like some. It had a weird, spooky vibe to it too. Like she was almost like a witch or something. Um, I like because like the whole point. The whole point of it was like, oh, at the end, Atreus realizes that he can do shit with like the souls of giants, and right. she gives him these fucking orbs. And it's like, okay, mm. this didn't need to take three and a half hours. You could have just fucking given me the sack and been like, this is what your powers are for. Like, I, you could have made that sequence way shorter. Give there, Jake the, the, the sack. The path wasn't worth the time. Yeah. Give him the fucking sack. Just, just give me the fucking ball sack and be done with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm trying to figure out a closing for this. But for any – once you get the other two on there, figure out two other games to give them that letter. But for the listeners, <clears throat> I just want to reiterate, thank you for tuning in. This, is, this has been an atypical – Podcast. We don't do these spoiler casts often, and we still owe the listeners a Mass Effect 2 spoiler cast, which I hope we do. I don't know, but I'm glad we got the God of War one out because it is a little more time sensitive because that game just released. But I do hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation. By no means are we uh, trying to offend anybody about our weird where this game could go conversation. I, th- I think Jake's 100% spot on. When he says that it would offer a really cool narrative for like a fictional story for sure. Because I don't think people touch it because of the sensitive nature of it. But it would be cool. And uh, yeah, I I hope you guys got something from this. This is where we stand in this game. We're not going to talk about it anymore on the podcast or on this this episode. It really is what it is. And uh, if you want more of these, uh, perhaps, you know... Throw a dollar our way. Yeah, I can't make any promises, but I mean, it, it would give us more motivation to do more bonus content. Is what I'm saying. Um, this takes a lot of time out of Jake and I's uh, daily lives. We enjoy doing it. It's a labor of love. We like to talk video games with each other, so that you guys can tune in and listen to us and uh, be a part of the show. But uh, I think the more patrons we get, the more likely we are to hold ourselves accountable to doing these things more frequently. Maybe. So, anyways. With that out of the way, Jake, do you have anything left for the listeners? Or are we good? You know there's eight God of War games? Doesn't surprise me. There's <laughs> 1, 2, 3, Ascension, 2018, Ragnarok, Chains of Olympus, and Ghost of Sparta, which both the last two were PSP games. Mm. But it's a lot of fucking God of War. Yeah, that is crazy. And God of War Origins, which was 1, 2, and 3, re-released yeah. on PS4. Well, I mean, they're, that's not counting all the re-releases, but yeah. yeah. So, is that it? That's all you had to say? Yep. 
<laughs> I'm done. Wild. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to the bonus God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast. This has been P.S. This is Awesome, episode 256. We will see you on Monday with 257 if you're listening in a timely fashion. Otherwise, we'll catch you on the flip side. Like God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, and Gex. P.S. Yes. This is awesome. This is awesome.